Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hi, everyone. Before we get started, real quick, we want to talk about Plants and Pints. Yay! It's coming up. Back for a second year. Plants and Pints is a great time when you can come celebrate the end of gardening season with whoever you want to celebrate with. Talk about plants. Drink some adult beverages. This year, it's at Glacial Till um, in Ashland, which we're really excited about because I love that place. I there is some good adult beverages that come out of Ashland. Yes. Cider so there, and wine. Yes. So there will be wine and cider. There's. And then also we did spring for it, y'all. There's a full bar. Wow. So I didn't even know that was an option there. It's an option. So we went for it. Now you have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a free bar. <laughs> it's not a free bar. Um, but we are so excited for all of that. So you can go to our website, plantnebraska.org. Look up Plants and Pints. It's on our event listing, or I think it's probably the first thing you'll see. It is on October 24th. That is is a Tuesday night. Just the perfect time to relax at the end of gardening season. I know we we don't like to talk about it, but it is good to end gardening season. If we tried to have the season year-round, we would Mm -hmm. be exhausted. So it's good to take a minute and relax with your gardening friends and... Talk about what you enjoyed and what you wish you hadn't gotten yourself into. Yes. Right. And we will give a little bit of an overview just of the year in review for NSA. So you can learn kind of what we accomplished during this gardening season. So we're excited to do that. And then we'll just enjoy conversation, cocktails, cider, snacks, all those things. So go to plantnebraska.org to get your tickets. Don't forget to get them now because it did sell out last year and we can only fit so many people in a room. So it actually does sell out. <laughs> That's important. Once again, October 24th, Plants and Pints, plantnebraska.org for tickets. Happy fall. It's fall. I finally got to wear a sweater to work the other day. Have I worn a sweater yet? I don't know. You're wearing one right now. Oh, it's a jacket. Okay. Long sleeves <laughs> intended to warm you. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I. It's that season, though, where like you're constantly taking it off and on, off and on, off and on. Yes. Because you move a little bit, and then you get hot, and then you sit down, and then you get cold. Well, yesterday, it was 66 degrees, but right. when I was getting in and out of my car, I got hot because the sun was warm. So much sun. So I had to take my sweater off, and then I came into work, and... We work in the basement, so it was still cold. Yes. And I was moving all my furniture from the second floor to the first floor so I could get my floors (laughs) re-floored. That was a lot of floors. Lots of floors. Lots of floors. So it was hot and cold and hot and cold. Yeah. And honestly, you know what hurts today? My shins. Your shins from all the stairs? (laughs) I think so. Interesting. I need to work out more. I need to find where... We just got our new oven. Right. And, well, we, it's not functioning yet, but we have all the cardboard that they had to pack set up. Yes. In. So and fun. That was making me sweat because fitting oven-sized cardboard into my little Jeep was, like, kind of a chore. Just play with it. We have so much cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the first thing. Like, now we have cabinets and they're going to come in cardboard. Sure. Like, everything comes in cardboard. Do you have a room you don't care about? 
let Silas make a maze. We do that in the carport. He <laughs> there had, you go. When we got a new, oh man, what was that box from? Anyway, we had this box. big box. It was a big box. And I gave him some like old magic markers. Yeah. And he just colored on that thing for mm-hmm. weeks in the carport. Mm-hmm. And I hope the recycling people enjoyed Silas's cave because that's what we labeled it. Oh, so good. Yes. There's I a big it. brown bear living in it. But it's okay. We moved him to a sycamore tree. Oh, good. We do visit him sometimes. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, and we are going to talk about animals a little bit because yeah. it's the bulb episode. And I realize that people are going, what do animals and bulbs have to do with each other? If you've never planted a bulb, more than you could ever imagine. That's correct. <laughs> I was going to say darn too. <laughs> I thought that's a terrible phrase. <laughs> but funny. It is. Okay. Do you also wear a cowboy hat and a bandana when you say that? I don't. However, (laughs) Matthew now has a cowboy hat for a gig he was in. I was going to say that seems very unmasculine. Yeah, it's not. um, And he tried to wear it to the wedding we went to on Saturday. And I said, no. We got there. Lots of cowboy hats. Should have let him wear it. (laughs) Should have let him wear it. (laughs) Silas is going to get a new cowboy hat this weekend because he outgrew his. Oh, yeah. And it's time to go. It's time to go. Grandma and grandpa's, right? Yep. And go to the boot shop and Yay. get him a new hat. Oh, what a good weekend. It will be. It's supposed to be like rain snowing most of the weekend. Except for that. Um, but you know what? If there's one thing we can depend on, it's for it to rain snow when you are planning a trip to yes, the Panhandle. 100%. <laughs> I will bring it with me, I guess. I don't know. But we are, <laughs> we've been planning to carve pumpkins mm-hmm. and I think we'll still probably do it. We'll just have to start a fire in the shop. There you and, go. That'll you know, work. Be cold, I guess. I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin carving. I like it, but I do it inside. That makes sense. I don't, with a three-year-old, ever wish to carve oh, pumpkins inside. I should put down newspaper. I'm a lazy pumpkin carver, and I just would prefer power tools be involved in this. Oh, sure. Um, I like the patterns. Oh. That helps. Then I yes. have something that I actually like. I. That's the other thing. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I'm just a lazy pumpkin carver. I like to paint them. Oh, yeah. Or let the squirrels carve them. Uh-huh. That's what we do. We leave our pumpkins out and let the squirrels eat them. And that helps keep them from eating our bulbs. I just realized you that. rounded it back I, around. I did. And we'll come back to that later. Okay. But we should probably tell you all that what we're trying to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting week, people. And um, it's only Tuesday. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, for me, my weekend's tomorrow. Right, so right, right, right. I'm just trying to survive. We are trying to talk to you about fall planting bulbs Mm -hmm. for early spring flowers. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, all of our rambling is is going to matter later. It is. Um, But do you plant a lot of bulbs at your house? I haven't. When I moved in, there were many bulbs. Bulbs everywhere. That's a fun surprise. Mm. Oh. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, there were some cool ones, like, as I've talked about, my ornamental allium. Yes. Those things are great. Those are cool. I had some really fun tulips that were, like, patterns that I hadn't seen before. And then there were one trillion, and now I'm for daffodils. Just Uh, a trillion daffodils. I do like daffodils, but I don't think I like a trillion daffodils. Oh, my gosh. Just so many daffodils. I found them a new home. 
they're happy. Good. She does send me pictures once a year. That's adorable. <laughs> I love it. Which I like. Um, so I haven't planted a lot. But now that I'm getting my landscape style, kind mm-hmm. of, now I know what I like and how I want things. And it only took me a few years. I'm going to plant some bulbs this fall. However, fall is yeah ending soon, I guess. it It's sort of <laughs> like... We're in it, and if yeah, you're gonna do something, I guess this I fall, have to plant it today. Probably like, should do that. I mean, you have a little more time to plant bulbs than you well, think. Remember, you, though, I still need to move my asters. Oh, yeah, which I, might not work now because they haven't bloomed yet. Yeah, you might have to spring move those. Uh, yeah, which means you're not gonna be able them. to fall plant bulbs. Anyway, Rare. I do want to add a message here. Yeah. Before we get to planting bulbs, there's a few things you should not be doing in your garden right now. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about moving asters. Yeah. Let's not move our <laughs> asters till spring because they're in like their fall blooming time. And unless it turns back into fall, then they could move after they bloom. Yes. But if it gets frozen, usually the no asters moving. are kind of finishing up as the ground freezes. Right. But sometimes there's a little... Sometimes, I was gonna do you're it. right. Sometimes there's a little window, <laughs> and I think you could. Okay. All right. Because I know how hard spring is. I'm just clarifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got into bulb planting because spring for us is a really hard time oh, gosh, to spend worst, in guys. our personal gardens. And it's really kind of sad because we love our gardens. Someone so, said spring affair the other day and I full body shuddered. Well, I just found the leafings in my mailbox <laughs> that said spring affair. It's a wrap. And I was like... Oh my goodness, we're going to start planning that and like, uh-huh. ah, <laughs> too soon. But <laughs> planting bulbs in the fall at a time when I'm slowing down at work was something I could do for myself in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I love early fall bulbs or I love spring blooming bulbs because my birthday's in February. Your birthday's in February. Mm-hmm. And if we want flowers for our birthday, that's about the only way we're going to get them. I don't have any bulbs that come up in February. Oh, I've got some crocuses that come up right what? at the end of February. And they always have this little snow cap on them. And they're so cute. Some of my little grape hyacinths will too. Okay, sure. Yeah. I do have them in a pretty protected spot next to my house. So I think they warm up a little sooner. Uh-huh. Then I don't know that the ground there ever gets super cold. Okay. Because it's like south facing protected concrete on one side and my white house on the other yeah and the soil is only like two and a half feet wide mm-hmm. and they come up right there and it just makes me so happy all right most, i can see that most of them come up in march yeah but i have my my couple happy birthday-ish flowers they're still after our birthdays yeah they're close so Aside from us liking flowers, we mm-hmm. plant fall bulbs in our pollinator gardens. It sounds a little weird because I think people associate bulbs with kind of that old-fashioned, really traditional landscape style where we've got the nice row of tulips and we dig them up and we plant some annuals. Mm-hmm. But who does that? You dig them up? Yeah, cities do that. Well, you just a leave lot them. of people. Well, we're gonna get to that. Okay, it's in the sorry. Outline. Okay, <laughs> but actually, it's a good question. I always wondered that. There's a lot of people. Traditional garden, like jobs to do, will have you dig up your bulbs and store them in your basement. Ugh. Which to I me is do that. Like excess work. Yeah. Um, and it is necessary for some things. We'll just talk about it. Do you have to dig up your bulbs only if they're tender, like to cold? 
So yes. if you plant cannas and dahlias and some right. of those types of bulbs, yeah. then yeah, you do have to dig uh-huh. them up. But you're not digging them up for the summer. You're digging up for the winter. winter. Okay. Got it. Some people will dig up yeah. their tulips and fancier bulbs that they spent a lot of money on to make sure they don't rot over the summer. Okay. And especially if you're planting over them. Yeah. And if you're planting, like some people will take their annual flower bed, plant all the bulbs, let the bulbs finish, dig them up, plant them all the annuals. You see that more in like city management, but I have seen it in homeowner landscapes. Okay. Now it's making more sense. Yeah. It's not the way I garden with bulbs because I mix my bulbs into my existing mm-hmm. flower beds so that I get flowers before anything else comes up. Uh, and I do that for the pollinators, but yeah. also me, mostly me. I'm kind of selfish, but it does benefit the pollinators. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's the reason we're doing this podcast and what you guys were probably hoping we were going to tell you is a lot of bulbs. A lot of the flowering bulb species that we plant aren't native here, but they still bloom at a time when pollen is so scarce that we don't have very many picky insects around. Mm -hmm. And other than trees and shrubs. And they are starting to emerge. They are starting to emerge. If we have a day, I do get conflicting data on this. And I wonder if it matters where you are or the species. Some people say 55 degrees. Some people say as low as 40 degrees. On a sunny day, the bees could be out. I don't feel like I've seen them out as low as 40, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, there could be a really nice, still sunny day and you could have a really hungry bee and I could see it. Yeah, I suppose, especially if the sun is shining in a particular spot and it yeah. makes that spot warm. I think some of it is that we don't have, and when our days are still typically only reaching 40, we don't have a lot that's blooming. Yeah. So you might have some witch hazel which blooms in February-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, we're kind of waiting on our spring trees. And bulbs, Vernal witch hazel. Vernal witch hazel. I love, <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's hard to find. I've tried yeah. to put it in a few projects. I really want to put it in school gardens because people um, plant school gardens for the summer, which I don't really understand because we've got <laughs> kids out there in the spring and the fall and that really early flower i think would just be really fun in a schoolyard i think people plant flowers for the summer yeah i think it's important that they understand that there's a lot of things to look at yes throughout the year there in a garden but that's a whole nother episode yeah we we won't (laughs) get distracted again right um but we don't have a lot that's blooming at that time and bulbs can be really important in bridging that gap Um, And something, you know, we talk about planting for early spring pollinators. Not everybody has room to put in new shrubs or trees. Right. Most gardeners have room for some bulbs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they don't take up very much space. They don't. And they make a big impact. They make a huge impact because it doesn't take very much color to notice it when there's zero color in the landscape. Yes. You want to talk about what a bulb is? Are you not hearing us again? Hmm. Okay. Nope. That is really weird. My headphones are going. Is it? Okay. I'm back. Okay. Okay. So what is a bulb? It, so there's a lot of things a bulb isn't. A potato. 
a potato is not a bowl. <laughs> You're right. That's actually one of my examples. Right. So See, I looked. <laughs> we've used bulbs to mean anything that we plant, any flowers that we plant as mm-hmm. a bare root plant. So we have bare root trees, and we call them bare root trees, where we plant them as a twig yes. with roots, but they don't come in a pot. Right. And that's what we have kind of used the term bulb to mean as any flowers that we're planting bare root. Okay. But that the technical term bulb means and i am gonna refer to this because it gets a little complicated i remember taking tests on this i probably have worksheets about this because it's like some really delicate differences so Mm -hmm. a bulb has a really 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 compacted stem that makes up the base of the bulb okay where the roots come out so tulip is a bulb so think about tulip it's got like a really hard flat bottom or garlic Mm -hmm. which isn't actually a bulb but it's going to work for this (laughs) a really hard flat bottom with roots coming out of it and that's stem tissue but then the like uh, big part of a bulb the round part is actually like really um, thick leaf tissue that stores nutrients so there's these layers and layers of leaf tissue it's like a camel's hump yeah exactly that's what all of these are they're nutrient storing plants that the plant had So we've got layers and layers of leaf tissue around a flower bud. And so those leaves, they won't ever sprout up into leaves. That bud will shoot up as a stem, grow some leaves and a flower, Mm -hmm. and then it will sink back into ground. Where it then stores. Where it then stores energy again. So it kind of brings up another aspect of bulbs is that they're ephemeral. Mm -hmm. We talk about bulb species, and we're usually talking about things that are ephemeral. That means they come up, they bloom, and they disappear. Right completely like you'll never know they were there if you didn't dig them mm-hmm. up not like um say iris iris that comes up blooms the flower disappears but the leaves stay mm-hmm. so we're usually talking about ephemeral species and that's why we're planting them this way because it's really hard to keep those species looking good in a pot to sell you as a live plant yes that's kind of the whole reason we do it this way so it's Everything about these different types of plants is that they store nutrients, which allows us to remove them from the soil like that. They're completely dormant, living off their stored nutrients, move them to a new spot and plant them again, and then they sprout. Mm -hmm. So this includes uh, corms, which is like the most common example is a crocus. They tend to be smaller. They're very round. They have a papery outside and they're... And, and large stem tissue is all they are. And they don't have the layers that a tulip bulb has. They're kind of all one piece of tissue. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a rhizome, which is a horizontal stem. And some, a lot of rhizomes that we plant this way will not necessarily be ephemeral. Irises are a rhizome. Right. But they do allow us, it's a very um, large storage mechanism that lets us dig that plant up, divide it, share it with people, and plant it again mm-hmm. safely. Uh, ginger is a rhizome. Yeah, yeah. So you can think about that way. Mm-hmm. And a rhizome can sprout at any node. So where we have a bulb and a corm, they put up one shoot. A rhizome could put up many. Yes. Similar to a tuber, which is a, what a potato is. Potatoes. We're yeah. back to potatoes. So we're back to potatoes. So a tuber, there's not a whole lot of flowers that we plant this way, but dahlias are a tuber. Mm. Um, they are stem and or root tissue that's enlarged. Most of the time, I think it's root tissue. It's an enlarged space with nodes or eyes that could each sprout. So if we have a sprouting potato, we could have 
multiple multiple mm-hmm. sims and that's pretty much it okay this is harder to read than i thought it would be <laughs> i think you can make it bigger if I, you want. I probably could okay so those are some of the the types of well we use bulb as a like overarching word yeah there are specifics there are specifics and bulb is kind of just like the common terminology for all these things Mm -hmm. but commonly a bulb plant is something that is ephemeral so we're planting it this way because it's hard to sell and transplant while it's blooming and it tends to bloom earlier or later Mm -hmm. so that's we look to bulbs to get really early blooms and really late blooms and we're talking about fall blooming plants today or fall planted spring blooming (laughs) bulbs today so that's what we're going to focus on but there are spring planted fall blooming bulbs so oh my gosh yeah there's a lot to talk about here okay great so can you give us a quick do you want to talk about plants first or are you want to talk about how to put them in? Hmm. I want to talk about how to how to plant them. Okay. The physi- before we get physically how to do the job. Yes. Okay. To make sure we do it correctly. Correctly. Okay. So first, like we said, these are fall plantings. Yeah. So how late in the fall? So as late as you can dig a hole till the ground freezes. So we have some very determined people. We out have there. some very <laughs> determined people. Um I have heard of people chipping the soil away i do think when you get to that point <laughs> you your chances of success lessen yes. one because it makes it easier for the squirrels to dig them back up two because good planting means you have good soil to surface contact so when i think about planting something and i think it's a job well done mm-hmm. i think i've planted it in soil loose enough to like fully contact the roots or the bulb that i'm planting with soil And that allows any root hairs to take in moisture. Because when we have, like, if you think about, and this could be clay, too. If we plant something in all these chunks of clay and there's lots of air pockets in there, that's a space where there's no water holding capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a space that's not as protected from temperature fluctuations. So I stop planting when it stops being easy to dig. Okay. Not that I couldn't technically dig, Mm -hmm. but I stop when it's not easy anymore yes all right that sounds good yeah i think the more common mistake people make is going too early oh all Uh, right because just like any retail environment nurseries will start putting the bulbs out there as soon as hobby lobby puts the pumpkins out i think i saw bulbs in august oh too early so the reason is we don't want to put anything in the ground so early that it's warm enough that that plant might sprout. Mm-hmm. A lot of these came from cold storage situations. We go put it in the warm ground. It thinks it's spring. It sticks up a shoot. But it doesn't get to complete the process. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. <laughs> it's summertime now. <laughs> then but it gets it's not. sad. And then it gets sad. Don't make your bulbs sad. Don't make, keep the, they're supposed to make us happy. They are. Yeah. Okay, so not too early, not too too late, but you probably should have planted them yesterday. No, I think we're right. We're like (laughs) right in the sweet spot. I've easily planted bulbs into November. Yeah, last year I planted my bulbs in November. Yeah. Now, out west, that might change a little bit. You guys can get a a killing frost earlier Mm -hmm. than we do, um, and, and your ground can freeze earlier, but... 
I've planted well into November. I do like that one tip you have shared is that when you order your bulbs from reputable places online, they will ship them to you when the soil temperature in your area is correct. Yeah, I learned that um, rather than, I mean, I do always like to support my local nurseries. Yeah. But when it comes to things I don't necessarily know about, ordering from specialists, and there's tons of specialty bulb suppliers, they will watch. And they, like, if you find a good one, they don't immediately drop ship the thing you ordered, like Amazon. I don't want my bulbs in two days. Don't get them from Amazon. My (laughs) garlic order just arrived two days ago because they not only watched the typical correct planting time for nebraska but they watched this year's weather mm-hmm. and didn't ship my garlic until it was safe to start planting because uh, i could have got it as early as like three weeks ago right. but it wasn't it wasn't looking right was that the smelliest package you've ever received it smelled really good <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it kept the vampires it away kept the vampires away no vampires stole my mail that day it's a real problem <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Your problems with the vampires in your mailbox. Just order some garlic. There you go. All right. So those are some things to know. Now, here's the one that I have had a lot of people ask me, too. Which way is up? Oh, okay. So usually, <laughs> now now the reason that I told you all the different right. types matter. So bulbs and corms have that dedicated stem tissue that turns into roots. Mm-hmm. And it usually is a hard plate on one end. And usually then you have like the bulby part and the pointy yes. part is the other end. Sometimes it's less pointy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those roots get broken off in shipping. So sometimes... The, Ideally, you'll have this perfect teardrop shape and at the bottom of the teardrop will be this hard flat spot with roots coming out of it. Wouldn't we all It'd be love great to have that? If they all came that way. <laughs> sometimes the roots get broke off. Sometimes it's rounder. Uh, if you're in doubt and you, you can tell that there's two ends, but you can't tell which end is up, plant it on its side. Oh, and it'll find its way. It'll find its way up. That gives it a much better chance than planting it completely upside down. Got it. But generally, you want the roots down. Okay. Well, (laughs) If you can't identify the roots, try to plant it on its side. Yes. They're surprisingly resilient, Mm -hmm. um, but it does give it a better chance to be on its side. Mm -hmm. When it comes to rhizomes and tubers, it doesn't matter. Right, because they'll just sprout every which way. We've yeah. all had that potato yes. in the in Ugh. the thing that just starts sprouting. Had to toss one the other day, and Ooh, I, I was a, almost afraid to compost it because I was afraid it would just grow a potato plant <laughs> in my compost. Yeah. Uh, there is, like, that is the root coming out. So usually if you're planting potatoes to grow, you'll plant that knowing yeah. that's the root. Oh. But ultimately with rhizomes and tubers, they figure it out. They'll find yep. their way. Because they have so many sprouting options. Depth is something I think people... That was my next question. You can buy a lot of tools to help you find the right depth. And if you really like spending money, people will take your money um, to find the proper planting depth for bulbs. What? Why would it take specialty tools? It doesn't take specialty <laughs> tools. Some of them will, like, speed up the process, I guess, if you're planting hundreds and hundreds of bulbs. Sure. But really... But you have that auger thing. Yeah. That'll um, do it. Now, sometimes that auger... I know it's called a bulb planter, but it's really easy to go too deep with that. Okay. You really only need to plant twice the depth of the size of the bulb. Okay. So the bulb is its own measuring tool. 
<gasps> yeah. Look at that, everyone. Look at that. Life hack. We saved you some money. Send it <laughs> to us. There are those like cone-shaped <laughs> things where you stab a hole in the ground. And it's got a measurement on it. Um, and I could see like, yeah, for punching a bunch of holes, sure. But I don't need to go buy a new tool just to plant bulbs. You stab it into the ground? You stab it into the but ground. But where does all the dirt go? It's a go? great question. I worry about compaction with yeah. this. I think you'd have to have a really loose soil. If you had any sort of clay, you would just make this nice clay bowl for your bulb. Did you ever have that existential crisis as a kid when you cut the paper? Where does the paper go? No. <laughs> this is a real problem for me. I'm sorry. That sounds <laughs> awful. That I was Because d- does paper disappear? I mean, we know matter doesn't disappear. Anyways, this was a thing that I thought about a lot as a I child. I see that, yeah. <laughs> so same with the cone and the dirt. Where does it go? Well, it doesn't go away. It just gets squished together. Right, that's what I learned about scissors paper. and paper. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have really bad scissors, it gets torn apart. Right. Uh, and that's what we would rather have for bulbs. But yeah, I worry that with those hole pokers, I don't remember what they're called. They have a specific Let's just name. call them hole pokers. Hole pokers. That you're just, like, if you have a clay soil that you would create a real hard pan uh-huh. underneath of there. And yeah. then where are you getting your loose dirt to fill the hole back That's in? my other question. Yeah. Does it come into the tube? No, well, there are and those. And it pulls it out? There's the bowl planters that look like a biscuit cutter. Uh-huh. And I have more faith in those. Sure. But I don't understand how they get the soil out. Anyway, use a tool if you want to. Use a tool if you have it. But you can really plant bulbs with just a hand trowel. Uh, because the bulb is its own measurement. So if your tulip is three inches, dig your hole six. Which is a deeper hole it is. than if you're thinking like seeds. And, for right. Or like crocuses you want yeah. closer to the surface. And you do want them deep enough. Will they grow if you plant them too shallowly? Yes. But the squirrels are more likely to find mm-hmm. them. Maybe. I think I might have planted mine too shallow last year. And then did you not get any? I think the squirrel, I only got like two of my many that you ordered for me. Yeah. So. It makes it really easy for the squirrels to take them. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So keep track of your depth. Um, The other thing is people will worry about like covering them. And I always mulch my bulbs. Oh, yeah. I was like, what cover cover. are we talking about? You put the soil back in, but I do always mulch my bulbs. And I do that because one of the properties of mulch is that it stabilizes the soil temperature. Mm -hmm. So we don't want, while we love bulbs because they come up early when it's still cold, we don't want them coming up in January when they will get really frozen. Mm -hmm. And so... Because the sun warms the the soil for one day or something. And if you've got like bulbs that are only a couple inches down it could get warm enough mm-hmm. and so that mulch kind of insulates that yes think of it like a winter blanket it is yes and it's not like we're dumping it on it's dump just it on inches. everybody no don't bury it. <laughs> then you'll get rot <laughs> well, i did have one rot and i was like planting annuals in the same Ooh. area and it smelled terrible not recommend it (laughs) Uh, i'm planting garlic this fall and that's one thing that you definitely want to do with garlic is you put some straw on top of it and it's not to protect the garlic from the cold it's plenty fine in the cold Mm -hmm. it's to keep it from responding to the soil temperature fluctuations yeah yep okay all right so now we know 
how to plant them yeah and when to plant them what should we plant so i anything the only anything anything so i i, plant I did I want. make a list birds of paradise go for it a little weird but go for it it's not really a spring flower it's not a bulb either i don't think i think it's a i think it's like a tuber thing but i could be i could be thinking of cannas yeah yeah okay so So let's talk about things we should actually put yeah and we are this is limited to spring blooming things just so you guys know yes i did make a list and we'll go through the list but first you really can plant almost any bulb and something will likely visit it for food because they're that limited at that time of year. The things to avoid if you're trying to plant bulbs for pollinators is hybridized varieties because they will be sterile and they won't produce any pollen. Does that include grape hyacinth? No. Right, because it's not hybridized. It's not hybridized. So everyone, there you go. Cultivated you could... and hybridized are not the same thing. Right. So hybridized means they cross two species. And if you've taken genetics, you know that that means you might not have the right lineup of things to be able to produce, to be able to reproduce Offspring. again. Offspring. Yes. So we don't get any pollen from those, which means we don't get any benefit for our bees. The other thing to avoid is double flowering or like super funky, weird flowers that are very different from their species because double flowers, the second set of petals has taken the place of the reproductive parts, which means no pollen. And see, when you said double flowering, I thought you meant it flowers more than once. No. So like they have those petunias that look like roses because they've got another set of flowers inside to get that second set of petals. They took away the pollen producing parts. Okay. Now you can plant those flowers. I plant some of those, Mm -hmm. but that's not what we're planting for the pollinators. So I just want people to know that. If you're trying to plant for pollinators, hybridized and double flowering species are what we are trying to avoid. Okay. Okay. But they're still perfectly fine. Yes. They're perfectly fine. They're not going to hurt your garden. No, they're not going to do anything bad to your garden. Tulips are not from here, but they're actually really well visited by bees. I see bees on my tulips all the time. It's so cute. They stick their little butts in there. They're little fuzzy butts. You can see them. They fall asleep. My dream is to find a field mouse sleeping in my tulips. Have you seen those pictures? I have. I can provide the mice if you want. <laughs> you have enough of those? <laughs> Maybe we can train it to sleep in tulips for pictures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can make a lot of money off of that. My sister had a mouse called Danger Mouse. That's, Danger that was its name. I, I think wanted, it's a comic. That sounds like a comic. I wanted a pet mouse. Yeah. They're good. They're, they're good pets. I think they're better so, than hamsters. Ha- I oh, really wanted a hamster, but then I babysat our class hamster and it bit really bad. M- a mouse or a rat or a guinea pig? Rats freak me out. Not I, I appreciate <clears throat> them as a species, but I don't like to touch their tails. So Ugh. I had two rats. I like their faces. I just don't like the other end of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Back to tulips. <laughs> Tulips, great for bees. They are really heavy pollen producers. I mean, yeah, if you've looked yeah. inside a tulip, there is no shortage of pollen. So much. They are a little later blooming most of the time. Yeah. Like in, in the scale of spring blooming bulbs. Sure. Snowdrops are really early, though. Super early. It'll be the smaller bees that visit them. But I have occasionally seen something larger looking for a snack. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these, you know, the species and the common name are the same, like tulip 
tulipa. You can you guys can figure that out. Snowdrops <laughs> are Chianodoxa. Everyone say that three times fast. Chianodoxa. I don't know Chianodoxa. if I'm saying that correctly. Chianodoxa. Crocuses. I've already said I love crocuses. They're like mm-hmm. tiny tulips. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. We love just, them. They come in all sorts of colors. Uh, crocus is the name. Then there are, there's irises like we think of with the big flat leaves that mm-hmm. stay up all year. But then there are some irises that are ephemeral. Right. And come up really early in bloom. I think uh, the dwarf crested iris. Yes. Yeah. And I really liked, I like to mix them in with my yellow crocuses because that purple and yellow just Ooh, is pretty. so bright and springy. And they just are like dark. a perfect spring combination. It is. Ooh, grape hyacinth. We talked about that People. Already. Lose it over grape mm-hmm. hyacinth. Well, it smells good. It smells good, and they they're pretty. I heard more people talk about their grape hyacinth last year than I've ever. Really? Yeah, just people were just like, ah, grape hyacinth. So I guess. Well, that's great. There you go. I don't personally have any. I Neither tried to I. plant some. I think the squirrel stole them. So, well, you know how I am. Everyone's talking about their grape hyacinth, and I was like, I better get some. Yeah, I want some of that. <laughs> Well, I love things that smell good, and so yeah. I want some, but it never never showed up. So I can't personally vouch for its pollinator benefit, but it says on the it, on the Google that the pollinators like the it. The Google says yes. And it's muscari. That's the, That's the, the scientific yeah. name. Okay. No, but there's other types of hyacinth. There is, yeah, which is why I specified. Okay. And I think... That this is the only one I found mention of with pollinators. Okay. So by all means, plant other hyacinth. But I can't. I did not do my research on them. Hmm. I wonder why the grape makes a difference. Well, I don't think it's actually, it's not actually hyacinth. Oh. It just looks like it. That's where it. the common names get. I see. In a way. So yeah, okay. that's why muscari is what we're talking about with grape hyacinth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not the one that they plant in that funny shaped vase and you buy in the grocery store, (laughs) which I am known to buy one of those once in a while. Yes. When I'm desperate for flowers. Right. I like them. They're fun. They are. They're usually in glass too. You can watch them grow. Yeah. I think it's really neat to see their roots. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just such a cool vase design to like hold the bulb and let the roots grow down. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It looks, it reminds me of test tubes, which makes me feel scientific. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fritillaries. I don't know fritillaries. I have had a few on and off. I lost them to a redesign project Mm. in my garden. Uh, But they're really pretty. And there's like, again, there's like as many as you can think of. And Mm -hmm. they are fritillaria. So you can connect that scientific name. Do they attract fritillary butterflies? That'd be awesome (laughs) if they did. But the fritillaries aren't, unfortunately, out at that time. Right. That's true. It's mostly bees we're talking about. The butterflies, I think, are smarter. And they stay asleep until it's actually warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bees come out a little earlier. Yeah. And then daffodils or narcissus. I know they're not your favorite. They they do tend to be overplanted, but they're also extremely easy to grow. That's true. And it seems yes. like the wildlife leaves them alone. I had the person who took all my daffodils planted them on a hillside. Ooh. To just give a little sunshine on yeah. the, in early spring i do love their backyard just the early yellow i do i have mm-hmm. always loved daffodils i don't again i don't like a giant planting of any one thing right ever really but i do love daffodils mm-hmm. i i mean it is cool 
like when I'm thinking of like Loritz and Gardens. Yes. Does their like their field. field of mm-hmm. one flower, yeah. whatever it is. That's so cool to see. Which is it's just the immense yeah. like ah, it's all one thing. And it's appropriate at a yeah, public yeah. like they are experimental horticulturists. It's very mm-hmm. appropriate for them to try out those things. It's a really good fundraiser too. It's yeah. <laughs> But it it's so fun to see. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Or the sunflower fields. Oh, I love sunflower fields. Yeah. They have a lot of them on our drive to my in laws mm-hmm. and I like to look at them. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. So everything we mentioned so far, not native, but very easy to find. You can find them in the nursery, the hardware store, online. You know, I can have any trouble with that. But I did find some species that are native to North America. These aren't necessarily going to be native to Nebraska. Okay. Although there are some, the first two, definitely native to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And that's violets. Yes. Which we know about. And I know people don't think no of them love. as a bulb. But because they aren't necessarily ephemeral, they will, their leaves will stick around until it gets really hot out, but they can be kind of hard to transplant as plants. They're a lot easier to transplant bare root. Yes. And they're actually a little corm. So they are very small. I've never noticed. Yeah. Um, But they're just very, I mean, it's very Uh small. So I'm going to try that this year because I've been trying desperately to transplant violets and not having a whole lot of luck. And now that I just learned this last night, researching this outline, <laughs> I know that maybe I should try planting them. going to try a different method. I'm going to try something different because I it. love violets. I love it. Your next one is Jack in the Pulpit. Yeah. I don't like Jack I think it's pulpit. really ugly. I, thank you. <laughs> Finally, I have a per, another person. I think they're the, one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. But I do agree they're great in the spring. Uh-huh. Like they are sometimes one of the only things blooming. And, and shade, right? Yes. And this is a shady one. And yeah. Jack in the Pulpit, I feel like it's mostly popular for its like collector status. Yeah. Because if you manage to get one, that's pretty cool. And I'm sorry if you like the look of them. I'm very glad that you do. Good I just you. find them very odd looking. I mean, they look like a body part. They do. <laughs> yeah. Like the white and brown. They look like a giant tongue to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Gross. No, me I don't like it. I don't like the colors. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you gotta be a special bird. <laughs> But, but there's many insects that do appreciate yes. them. And really, it you're not going to notice it that much. Like, mm-hmm. just plant it in your shady garden and they let it be. They also look way too delicate for my yard. Yes. I think Alistair would <laughs> yeah, destroy would, them quite quickly. It would not go well. And that's that a lot of ephemerals are very delicate. Mm-hmm. And Jack in the Pulpit is something that we get asked for in our greenhouse all the time. Because it is it fits that, like, really early spring part shady to shade yeah. garden flower but because it's ephemeral it is impossible to i mean you could if you got it from us the day we got it from our supplier yep. you'd be fine but if we try to hold it for any length of time it isn't gonna work we do usually have it at spring affair yes because That's it comes why. straight from the nursery mm-hmm. straight to you and hopefully straight into your garden yeah, yeah, yeah. as quickly as possible mm-hmm. uh so it's erisema Triphylum yes. is its name. I skipped violets because I think you guys can find <laughs> It's Viola. Uh, Spring Beauty is Claytonia virginica. 
I don't know Spring Beauty either. I don't either. know it well either. It is a very pretty flower. You'll have to, I'm going to put this list in the show notes because to some extent you're just going to have to look at them. Google it. And I have this link to the way I found um, this list of native bulbs. <clears throat> is it gardencollage.com? And <laughs> that's why they're native to North America, not uh-huh. necessarily Nebraska. Uh-huh. Okay. I yeah. feel like I've seen those They're just before. little white flowers. They do a good job of naturalizing into grass. So if you've seen hmm. little white flowers coming up, um, like they have some, they have a different thing out here in Maxwell, but it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. And then you don't notice them the rest of the year because their leaves look just like grass. And then and they're they very disappear. small. And they're very tiny. Mm-hmm. All right. A lot of people have heard of trout lily. Trout lily. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they are also, like, I don't love all of them because no. they're some funky colors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's your thing, yeah, not and trying to yuck anyone's no, yum. No, if, and if you're looking for unique colors, bulbs yeah. can a lot of times be the way to get that. Yes, in a good way. I find bulbs, if you're trying to do a garden that's, like, super organized of... Maybe you're trying to make a flag or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think yeah. of like strips of one color. Yeah. Bulbs will do that. Are the way to go. Because yeah. they're so predictably shaped uh-huh. and you can plant them super close together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Trout lily, I know it has, it's not listing any other common names, but look, I yeah. know that there are other common names. So it's. Oh, it has other names. No, it does. Adder's tongue. And amber bell. Amber bell. See, I feel like there's more than that. But okay. it is like, it's a little lily and it's. Erythronium Americanum. Good work. (laughs) It it takes a minute sometimes. But they're really good at naturalizing. Again, they can handle a little bit of shade. So they're great at naturalizing under trees. Mm -hmm. I've definitely... Bloodroot is the next one. And I hear that talked about a lot. Sanguinaria canadensis. We have... (laughs) Why did that make you laugh? It, it's just making more sense because Sang- oh. sangrias no 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 oh. sanguination is when you drain someone of blood <laughs> why do you know that <laughs> murder mystery books when you die of sanguination it's when you don't have any blood and if you're worried about that get some garlic next time you see hannah <laughs> yes it's the vampire yeah so vampire too. so blood root sanguinaria now I'm going to okay. be able to remember it. I was thinking of sangrias, but <laughs> Sang- if you want to well, talk about draining people of blood, love a sangria. <laughs> it's almost Halloween. I think if you guys look up a picture of bloodroot, it's something that you've seen if you've taken a walk in a wooded area or something. And I know that it's pretty available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's got a big flower for the size of it the does. plant, which is fun. It's too. a very short little thing, mm-hmm. but it's got a big flower. And I mm-hmm. think that's why people recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. Because some of these bulbs, they're very tiny. Mm-hmm. White trillium. So I, I think a lot of people have heard of trilliums. There's yeah. a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, but I did they, not know they were native to North America. They look a little closer to, um, what am I thinking of? Easter... Uh, hellebore oh yeah just tinier yeah 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 
Mm-hmm. I and could see, ooh, if you planted those with some hellebore, like, ooh, they would look really good together. That would be really cute. Yeah. And they're kind of an interesting flower because they only mm-hmm. have three petals. Yeah. Mm. Bleeding hearts are not bulbs. I know. I skipped that one on oh, purpose because I don't really understand why it was in here. <laughs> I think it's just spring blooming. Got it. I guess Dutchman's birches we asked for a lot and... And it's um, actually a kind of dicentra, which is bleeding heart. Uh-huh. And they are sometimes like, so bleeding hearts will last right. all year. And they are also dicentra, but Dutchman's britches specifically is ephemeral. Oh, I didn't so know So by the time it's warm, the plant has completely disappeared. It's bridge or breach? Uh, I guess I've seen a different, it's common names again. Okay. So however you like to say britches or breaches, oh, kind of depends on what part of the country you're from. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But it's a dicentra, so it's related to bleeding heart. It's just less heart shaped and more pants shaped. But I can see more pants <laughs> It's the britches. It's like an upside down pair yeah, of pants. The flower is, I can see the similarity in the leaf yes it the, looks bleeding it's heart-like. actually harder to see like bleeding heart is so heart-shaped yeah these just aren't quite heart-shaped but they're still dangly flowers i think they look like teeth i think they look now that you say that <laughs> maybe tooth fairy plant would be a Aww. good new common name oh so cute you could put it in your fairy garden oh that'd be so cute <laughs> anyway I know that Dutchman's Bridges is more native to our area. It's definitely like southeast Nebraska, less as you get into the hotter, drier parts of the state. But there is a it really important relationship. It is dependent on queen bumblebees, specifically what? queen bumblebees, because that's who lives through the winter. How? How? For pollination. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> like... They, no. they have bouncers. The You're not a queen. The bumblebees weed around them. <laughs> no. they For pollination, they rely on queen bumblebees specifically. Because they're the only ones out. At the time that they bloom. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I really thought... I didn't know how they were keeping other bees away. <laughs> That's what I thought you were referring to. No. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So, it does seem funny like we talk about... Um, insects being dependent on plants but and we think that way we Mm -hmm. think it's funny to say plants are dependent on the insects because in our garden the plant is not relying on anything for reproduction we are making sure that the plant is sure is staying there and and we're making more of them when we plant them i see what you're saying yes Mm -hmm. but in the wild we would not have this plant if it weren't for bumblebee queens it's always the queens be getting mm-hmm. stuff done. Well, they're kind of one of the few native native bees that tends their young at that time when there's nectar producing. Yeah. You know. If you want to remember this, just think of it like this. It's Queen Bay. So think of <laughs> think of Beyonce as a bee going around to all the Dutchman's breaches. Weeding around them. Cleaning them up. <laughs> uh, where okay. my braid goes. I <laughs> anyway, Virginia bluebells. I think a lot yes, of people these are recognize these. They're not native here, but um, they're fun they're to still, see. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, you drive, especially if you do a road trip that time of year in the southeast. You driving along, you see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Great for your like shady woodland yeah. garden. Yep. Yep. Just welcoming you in. Okay. We could list bulbs for a really long time. But I think you guys can find bulbs. I think you have some guidelines now for things to look for. Some suggestions of things mm-hmm. to start with. Um, I do think we should touch on protecting our bulbs from wildlife because we've been hinting at this the whole episode okay i do have one more question okay if i'm gonna go to the store and buy a bag of bulbs what should i look for like is there a date on them good question do you know i've never seen a date on them because typically they're expecting you to plant them the same season you buy right and but i would suspect there are some not great stores out there which is why might store them <laughs> yeah that and that is why i like to either go to a local nursery who you trust mm-hmm. or go to a bulb supplier okay uh that and, all sounds yeah. good and we have bulb suppliers in the u.s in the pacific northwest we have people growing bulbs mm-hmm. but they will also import um i i know that we like it's plants fancy that, ones yeah i know we like plants that come from here but Europe knows what it's doing when it grows bulbs and they do an excellent job or call your friends yes if you have friends with the plants you want <laughs> if you have one bulb you have many bulbs yes so talk to your friends divide and share mm-hmm. but yeah I I've not um, personally done a lot of bulb shopping at like our chain stores but I I do have an idea how they care for their plants right 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 <laughs> and yes if they you know have not been stored well and they're soft and squishy i mean it's just like picking out garlic at the grocery store if you can pick out Mm -hmm. garlic you can pick out a bulb okay so you want like kind of firm and papery you do not want squishy bulbs and you definitely don't want wetness of any kind no so dry dry so if you're going to buy bulbs and they're keeping them outside Mm -hmm. probably not if right. you're going That's to a nursery a to buy bulbs, they should be in the little inside store area, not in the greenhouse. Yep. We don't want them around moisture of any kind. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Should we tell them our bulb experience real quick from last year? Yes. What were we allergic to? Was it the Chelanodoxus? We don't. We weren't able to figure it we out. So last year we sold some bulbs and they needed to be packaged. Yeah. Right. Because we got them in bigger packages. So. We put them in smaller packages. So we're all sitting there packaging up some bulbs. And Sarah and I thought we were going to scratch. It was like fire ants. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible. We're in the bathroom just like scrubbing down. And then the Benadryl cream just yes. everywhere. <laughs> it was like on our neck. Yeah. Like anywhere our the dust faces, from the bulbs got. Our hands, our arms. Everyone I else went in the home was fine. And like really washed all of my clothing yes i threw all those clothes straight in the hamper yeah everyone else in the room with us was 100 percent fine yeah they were like what is your problem and i don't have a lot of allergies like i'm not allergic to that many things i have seasonal allergies but like touch allergies i don't have a lot of that Uh -uh. make my skin react i don't have food allergies yeah no i thought that was really weird and i thought the weirder thing was like we don't have super similar skin types or anything Mm -mm. either so f- for everyone else in the room, 
to be like completely fine. It yeah. was kind of weird. It was weird. So I guess look out for that. Yeah. Um, and know that nothing bad did end up happening no. to us. Like we itched and we went and washed it off. And, and it was when weird. when I planted them, I used gloves. Yes. And then I, I did the same thing uh-huh. when I planted. Uh, and there were things like there was probably like only three species in there we hadn't touched before. So yeah, we both know it's not tulips. Yeah. 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 You know what it felt like? fiberglass when you accidentally brush up against fiberglass insulation yeah that's what it felt like that's exactly what it felt like where you didn't like feel like if you brushed it off it would go away Mm -hmm. so there you go i will i do want to add to the shopping Mm -hmm. when you go to buy bulbs i'm thinking there's a nursery in lincoln that i've bought bulbs at and they have them in bins so you pick out the each bulb you want oh yeah and you put it in a bag Mm mm-hmm I don't know that I would go to a box store situation and buy bulbs in, in one of those bag. net bags. Yeah. Unless you could like feel through yeah. it. Um, and, you know, if you're just buying like $10 worth of bulbs to try this out, sure. But if you're like investing in putting bulbs in, I'd be worried that you wouldn't be able to check in that bag. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like to pick them out or I order from a reputable right. dealer. Mm hmm. It's fun because about a month ago, two months ago, we started to get all the bulb catalogs. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't, we didn't do them this year, so I didn't order any. Yeah. But yeah, I the get The catalogs are fun. The catalogs are, they're so colorful. Mm-hmm. They know I, what they're doing. I know people get really excited about their seed catalogs to come mm-hmm. in like February-ish yep. time, January. And I also get excited for the bulb catalogs yes. to come. <laughs> and it's Same. kind of funny because I only ordered bulbs from like one place, but yeah. I get bulb catalogs from like 10. Right, right. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Uh huh. Okay, so now that we have shopped for and planted our bulbs, we need to protect them from the furry little creatures that want to eat them. Uh huh. And I, I can sympathize with these creatures because it's about to be winter. And if someone... Yeah dug up and fluffed up their garden soil and then put a bunch of food in there for me, I guess I'd probably eat it too. So the creatures I mainly hear people talk about is voles. And I don't know what to tell you for voles. We did just learn that they are also called meadow mice, which I think sounds much cuter. Mm -hmm. And they like peanut butter. So stop putting peanut butter in your garden (laughs) and maybe you won't have voles. I don't know. I, what I do know is once you have a vole problem, it's really hard. They're to very end hard the to get rid of. Also, voles are four to six inches. That's in size. So cute and tiny. Same size as moles. No, look at how big a shrew is. That's oh. a tablespoon. Oh, I think the shrews are what's sleeping in the tulip. I know they're so little and oh, cute. Okay. We, as far as we can tell from our research, shrews are rarely the problem. They're too yeah. tiny, to be honest. They so, eat little worms. Yes. I, we <laughs> want to learn how to garden for shrews. We'll get to that in another episode. <laughs> anyway, voles, they tend to be problems for the small, like smaller bulbs. So mm-hmm. like, they're still not huge. You said four to six inches. Yeah. That's not giant. So... Uh, we know they're a known problem for liatris and like tuber forming plants because uh, they live underground and they have straight up access to the food source. It's good energy. Yeah. Uh, its whole purpose is to store energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry I don't have great news. We have promised to look and are still looking for that mammal expert who can talk to us. Yeah, we don't um, have any. We don't have anything, I guess. Just stop it with the peanut butter. But really, mm-hmm. like, what's the opposite of peanut butter? If they love peanut butter, 
what do they hate? And let's get that all over the place. I don't Cashew know. Cashew butter? <laughs> <laughs> Almond butter. There we go. Uh, so if you are planting bulbs for the first time in a new garden bed, something you can do to stop the ground dwellers from coming up is to dig down like another inch under your bulbs, lay down chicken wire. That's so much work. I <laughs> have to say I don't love this idea because I can't imagine after you're done with your garden in the distant future and you sell your house and there's a new gardener, that's a mess. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> dig that back up. Uh, some people it look will plant like baskets of chicken wire. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this still requires you to be planting a dedicated bulb garden. Yes. And so I don't know exactly what to tell you, but I can tell you that maybe if you have a vol problem, this is not the year to start planting bulbs. Let's wait and solve the vol problem first. Mm-hmm. You could take the quantity over, you know, the quantity success route and plant hundreds. And I'm sure that you will get some because that's yeah. kind of what we do. Otherwise, you know, we just plant like. We skip the liatris maybe, but we plant lots of other things. And will they nibble on one here and there? Yes, but mm-hmm. they're unlikely to wipe out the whole place. Yeah. Squirrels are the other problem. <laughs> and man, those pesky squirrels. We're just doing everything they do when we plant bulbs. Uh-huh. We're taking this energy storing food source and burying it in the ground. And uh-huh. they think, oh, thank you for the meal. <laughs> so this one made me itch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they will. <laughs> so so one thought I had, and we're kind of experimenting here, is that <laughs> cayenne pepper keeps squirrels out of bird food. Yes. So it might be that dipping your bulbs in some cayenne pepper, sprinkling it in the hole after, we know they can smell very well. Mm-hmm. And it might deter them. I don't know. I'm kind of just throwing stuff out here. It's cheap, easy, and probably won't hurt anything else. Yeah, it's unlikely so. to hurt anything. So that's one thought i have put chicken wire on top of the ground because that's Uh a lot easier to do than burying it but that's where also that two inches of mulch that we talked about insulating the soil also helps because it covers that disturbed area Mm -hmm. that might you know signal the squirrels that something yeah now i don't know that's what it said online personally i have had plenty of squirrels stick through my mulch Mm -hmm. so i'm just not hedging my bets on that one yeah Another thing to do is make sure that you, like, don't leave the papery stuff around. Mm-hmm. So I put my bulbs in a pan, and I pick them out of the pan, and I put them in the ground. Because if you dump the bag out on the ground, and all that papery stuff floats around and stays in your yard, they're just going to smell that. So do it in the cover of darkness. Yeah. When don't do, let anybody see. Are squirrels, like, what time are they most active? Diurnal during the day. Okay, so not like the whole dawn dusk thing. Not crepuscular. Okay, so I could go out at like sunset with a headlamp. Yeah. And plant them. And maybe they'd sit all night and like they wouldn't smell them anymore. I don't know. Uh, Well, I bet they'd still smell them. But, you know, just like I guess trying your bestest to not show them their attention that there's a freshly disturbed spot. Yeah. We do know that squirrels locate nuts that they buried by smelling for them. Mm-hmm. So they can smell the tulip that's underground and they love tulips. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or if you just do a peace offering. 
just throw some on the ground for them. I feel like that, or maybe go Put get a some... squirrel feeder over here. Hey, look over here, yeah. corn. Or throw a whole bunch of acorns on the ground. Yeah. After you plant, and maybe they'll get so excited picking up the easy food. Well, you said you your squirrel offering is pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not intentional, <laughs> but apparently it's a squirrel offering. I mean, they can only eat so much. Yeah, it does. So I do leave my pumpkins out all winter for all of the wildlife to enjoy. And mm-hmm. also, so I don't have to pick them up. Um, but they're just going to go in my compost pile. So they may as well sit out. And it's yeah. fun to see what eats on them. We've had possums and raccoons yep. and squirrels and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to help. Like around my pumpkins, my bulbs are never bothered. Yeah. It's the backyard bulbs that they get after. There, You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I don't know. It's pumpkins. I really don't know. So there, there are some other suggestions online. Blood meal Ooh. is one. Um, the problem That's, with that is apparently... They got that from sanguination. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to smell like there was a predator, but it stops working once it gets wet, which seems iffy outside where things always get wet. Ugh. Crushed oyster shells or crushed stone in the hole. Apparently, they don't like gritty feelings. Same. I feel like whoever is saying this thinks they know a lot more about the mental workings of a squirrel than I do. (laughs) Because who knows? Some gardeners swear by spraying deer repellent into the planting hole. And I could see that that helping, but it also stinks really Mm -hmm. bad. Um, and also, deer repellent doesn't work that good. <laughs> For deer, right? Yeah, maybe it does. Apparently, granulated garlic and red pepper flakes is the suggestion for smell. I don't know why the garlic, because we also have to protect our garlic from squirrels. Maybe it throws off the scent. Maybe. Because mm. I but have yeah, to. I could, put, I could get a big thing of crushed pepper yeah. and just sprinkle it in. We accidentally grew this pepper that came from Bob, and he got it from somebody who told him it was a paprika pepper, but it was not. And that stuff, like, burned your skin. And we were all excited about making our own paprika, so I ground it all up before I learned this. Do you still have some? I do. We call it the powder of death, and I definitely use it to keep rabbits out of my lettuce and stuff. So... It might, you know, if you could get some really hot, like, it's hotter than cayenne pepper, easily. Ghost pepper? I don't know what it is. It didn't look like a ghost pepper. It looked like a paprika pepper. But where does it rate on the Scoville square, or scale, Well, since we don't actually know what it is. I don't know. But have you tasted a ghost pepper? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even eat black pepper most of the time. Okay, you get me some of that. Okay. I have friends okay, who are willing to taste test. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nick did taste it, I think. I have friends who make very hot hot sauce. Well, they can taste it and they can tell us where it rates. And they're probably going to come back and say, this is like nothing. You're a wimp because I am. I am, too. Uh, so try that. I do think that cayenne pepper may not be hot enough. Like, yeah, I think you need to smell that it's spicy. Delay planting. So this is the other reason we don't plant too early. So one, the chance of rot and the chance of early sprouting are high. But right at the end of summer, the where everything is, is scurrying around looking for food. It, I mean, it's just like 
really obvious that while they're the busiest, they're going to find the most stuff. Right. So by middle to late October, they're still out looking, but also like all the acorns have fallen and there's a lot, they're slowing down and there's a lot more food on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I know. I mean, we'll just keep trying. I feel like that was a very long conversation about bulbs, so I hope yeah. that you guys gained something well, about we you. did some tangents here and there. We did. There's definitely going to be some things to leave this story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it time to do What's Blooming? I think so. Or Plan of the Week? We're getting into that time of year. I can do one more What's Blooming. Me too. Okay. What's blooming in your yard, Hannah? My asters. Yay, that's going to be mine too. Which asters are blooming for the you? The purple ones. <laughs> I was hoping for more information than that. New England? No, I think they are. Well, I have two separate ones accidentally. Oh, right. I I believe I have radons. That is pretty purple. And October skies. Okay. I have October skies. There's a purple October skies, right? It's supposed to be blue, but we know there's not a lot of true blues in the garden. And so half of them are blooming. Okay. And half have not bloomed yet. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) I don't know which. Which color is blooming now? They're both purple. Oh. I have radon's purple. Okay. I don't know about October skies then because mine is definitely, like, you could call it purple, but it's more blue. Okay. So there might be something else. Might be like New England or something in there. But. I don't know. (laughs) We'll find. I I take pictures. I also have, I have some weird asters going on. Okay. Because, yeah, I got, like, half, like, literally three feet are blooming and then the rest are not interesting yet. and then i have one that hasn't bloomed yet and it's tall and then i have one that looks exactly the same but it's short and it is blooming hmm i don't know but you have pretty asters and that's they're pretty they are taking over that's why i have to move i know them. <laughs> that's a bummer but still pretty yes any goldenrod left or is it finishing it's up? it's kind of finished yeah mine is too even my one that i cut back and yeah. forced later is pretty much done but the asters that i have blooming now they kind of started with their first little blooms mm-hmm. like a month ago yeah they're kind of, they take their time getting started uh-huh clearly what um how's your little pumpkin patch doing eh, so cute uh. i have one orange pumpkin and the rest are still green, so I'm hoping they make it. I think they. I think they will. Yeah. Here's a picture. Uh, I love it. Yay! I love that you did that. So I'm excited. It's gonna be cool. I'm gonna do it again next year. But more pumpkins. Yeah. I'm gonna do the whole yard. I think that's gonna be awesome. That's what I decided. Here is the blooming asters. Mmm, those are very pretty. So I feel like the bigger one is radons. Okay. I feel like the smaller one might be woods, but that's oh, sort of that oh that might be right. Woods purple. Yep. Yeah. That one started blooming right. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I was trying to find one more picture for you, but that's what I have. What's blooming for you? My asters. Also, also asters. But mm-hmm. I have October skies 
And I mm. just planted it this spring, so it is very tiny. So it's not... It, October Skies is not a small aster, so I'm looking forward to when it's giant. Yes. And I do have some things hanging on their last blooms. Like, I have a few cone flowers left, and uh, otherwise, it's my annual pops that are keeping the color going. That is lovely. There's one that started blooming on September 10th. Yep, that's woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one started very early. There you go. And there's just enough room for Alistair's there little paws to get between these There is just enough asters. room for Alistair. The rest of us, there's not enough room to walk through. <laughs> nope. Yeah. But that's okay. Well. So you have woods. I've. No, you have October, October skies. skies. Mm-hmm. But it's tiny right now. Yeah. And then I got, yep, some cone flowers hanging on. I'm trying to think. Some of my white garden is still booming. So Calament is still going strong. Calament just yeah. keeps going. It just keeps going. And it's covered in those um, flies that look like bees. Mm-hmm. That's They are loving it right now. Um, my vegetable garden's holding on surprisingly well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I might get one more daisy if it doesn't get frosted off before okay. it opens. But things are finally like actually slowing down. Last time we talked, it was like... We're enjoying it while it lasts. Oh, mm-hmm. my anemones. My white anemones are blooming. Ooh, Full bloom. They love it. So great. I love it. My snow flurry aster yes. exploded. My, and now it's yep. starting to finish. Yep. My, it is. It's still going. I feel like. I can see it starting to be like, and enough. I feel like. It was a shorter season for mm-hmm. Snow Flurry this year than last year. Like, last year, I thought we got, like, a solid three weeks out of it. And yeah. this year, I think the dryness, because yeah. it's mine's in a garden that does, both gardens don't get any water from mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Same. So, there we go. Yeah. Asters galore. Asters everywhere. And the anemone did surprise me. I thought it would be done by now, but it's mm-hmm. still going. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But that's it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We would love to see what you do with your bulbs. Mm -hmm. So tell us about it. That would be great. And don't forget to send us your questions. Don't forget to rate and review us. Don't forget to send us to your friends, your friends. We would love to meet more people Mm -hmm. and tell them more gardening things. So we're getting into the late fall and winter time. So you know what that switches into a little bit more thought about gardening instead of like ah, do this right now yeah <laughs> that's what we're working on so it'll be a fun time so thank you all for listening bloombox and bloombox growing deeper are both programs of the nebraska statewide arboretum mm-hmm.